Hey, welcome to the Faith NFM podcast. We appreciate your time today, and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation, as well as links to all that's happening around Faith Assembly. Our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey. Well, good morning, Faith. Uh, my name is Blake, and uh, we're glad you're with us today. If you might be church shopping, shop no more. We want to see you part of our church family. We know God has big things in store. And speaking of that, easy way to get plugged in is through our simple QR code. Hurry up, pull out your phones. You can take a little picture of it, go to the link, and then you can fill out a communication card. And we just want to welcome you and say, hey, thanks for checking us out. Thanks for being a part. Or if you need prayer, or if there's any other way we can assist you, we love for you to just fill out and take a moment to check out that communication card. Um, We've been in this series called Relationships, and we've been talking about how we really need authentic, genuine relationships. And did you know there's some things that are unavoidable when it comes to our relationships, right? Uh, Conflict. Today we're going to be talking about conflict. Um, My wife and I, uh, before we were married, uh, we lived out in Las Vegas, and uh, my mom, she's from Missouri, we were living in Vegas, and we were engaged at the time, and my mom came out for a visit. And so when we were living there, and my mom comes out for a a visit, um, uh, Brittany was like, hey, as you show her the whole town, city of Las Vegas, uh, let me cook dinner for you that night. And so I was like, oh, that would be a great way for like my mom and Brittany to get to know each other and to have a little, you know, like growing relationship. I thought it'd be great. So we get done having the whole touristic adventure, me and my mom, you know, mom and son's day out. And then we show up and we have dinner in my little apartment. And, and Brittany's been cooking there for about an hour or so. And she made my favorite meal, sweet and sour chicken. So I'm like all day, I'm excited. I'm like, I can't wait. Like, ooh it's going to be good. We sit down, you know, it's still awkward. Like my mom's getting to know Brittany, we're engaged. And, and we sit there and, and pray over the meal and, and we start passing out all the food and, and whatnot. And, and, I'm, and then my mom pours a little bit of uh, this sauce over the rice. And, uh, and then I see my mom take the first bite and grimace, like, you know, like, she's like, what did I just put in my mouth? kind of thing. So I was like, oh boy, this is going to be weird. So I try. I pour a little of the sauce and I, and I put a bite of my favorite meal into my mouth. Sure enough, I was like, what in the world did my wife or my soon-to-be wife do? Like, you have to imagine, like, I'm sitting there like, am I going to marry a lady that can't cook? Like, that's what's going through my mind right now. And so, so I'm, I'm panic mode. My mom is struggling eating. I'm struggling eating. And, and then Brittany takes the bite. And she's like, oh, and, and she reacts. So she meant to put the little canister or jar of the sauce, meant to put soy sauce in it, but it was Worcester sauce in it. So it turned the meal upside down. Literally, we laughed about it. But when we were in that moment, did we confront her and say, man, this is a rough meal or what did we do? And my mom was sitting there eating bite after bite. And I was like, how did you do that? You know, those moments when we have to confront people and and maybe speak up or, or say something, but it can be really challenging. 
It can be very, very hard for us to maybe bring light to something that we don't really want to. Have you ever struggled to confront some conflict in your relationships? Have you ever been like, hey, I I need to say something, but uh, you don't? You know, it's unavoidable. We have conflict. It comes with our relationships. And if we're real and if we're honest with ourselves, to have a good relationship, you're gonna expect some conflict in that relationship. I've never met a marital couple to not have a fight. I've never met best friends not to have a dispute. I've never met coworkers not to be disgruntled with one another. All of our relationships, they come with conflict. And it's navigating that conflict that's vital. So I wanna talk to you today about conflict. And before we dive in, let's hit on some truths of conflicts. So truth of conflict. The first one is simply this. Relationships have conflict. Turn to your neighbor and say, yep, there's conflict. Secondly, confronting conflict is hard, right? I've never met anybody who says like, I can't wait to just get mad at somebody. Like, I can't wait to yell at that person. And maybe you're hanging out with people like that, I would say run, okay? But, but no one enjoys conflict. No one enjoys confronting conflict. And then number three, another truth for us is when it comes to confrontation is this, how we handle conflict determines success in difficult times. I want us to capture that. It's in those moments when things are hard, when things kind of, that that tension is alive. It's how you handle that. Sometimes that conflict comes in, you're gonna wanna run off and you're gonna wanna gossip. Sometimes that conflict's gonna come in and and you're gonna either say, hey, I'm gonna just really let this person have it. Sometimes you wanna push it off, you don't wanna address it, you don't want to, to work through it. There's gonna be moments, but it's in those moments how you navigate that conflict that's gonna determine success on the back end of that situation. Many times, it's poor handling of conflict that leads to some major problems in life. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. I'm gonna to invite you, join me to this passage in 2 Samuel chapter 12, we're going to see where one of God's prophets confront a king. Now, let me give you a little backstory here. This king, his name's David. David made a huge mistake. We see this earlier on in Samuel where, where David committed murder. David had an affair. David made some of arguably the the greatest immoral mistakes out there. David was an individual that was known after God's own heart, but wasn't above having someone come and speak some real truth to him. So we see this confrontation. Join me, 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 1. We're reading 14 verses, so follow along with me. So the Lord sent Nathan the prophet to tell David the king this story. There were two men in a certain town. One was rich and one was poor. The rich man owned a great many sheep and cattle. The poor man owned nothing but one little lamb that he had bought. He raised the little lamb and it grew up with his children. It ate at the man's own, it ate at the, off the man's own plate and drank from his cup. 
He cuddled it in his arms like a baby daughter. One day, a guest arrived at home at the home of the rich man, but instead of killing an animal from his own flock or herd, he, he took the poor man's lamb, killed it, and prepared it for his guest. Verse 5, David was furious. As surely as the Lord lives, he vowed any man who would do such a thing deserves to die. Wow, that's, I mean, talk about some lambs right there. He must repay four lambs to, to the poor man for the one he stole for having no pity. And that goes back to Exodus when we see whenever a, a sheep or a lamb would be stolen or, or maybe killed by a thief, then if they were caught, the justice, they would be repaid four times that. So verse 7, then Nathan said to David, you are that man. Wow, bold. The Lord, the God of Israel, says, I anointed you, the king of Israel, saved you from the power of Saul. I gave you your master's house, his wives, and his kingdoms of Israel and Judah. And if that had not been enough, I would have given you much, much more. Why then have you despised the word of the Lord and done this horrible deed? For you have murdered Uriah the Hittite with the sword of the Ammonites and stolen his wife. From this time on, your family will live by the sword because you have despised me by taking Uriah's wife to be your own. This is what the Lord says, because of what you have done, I will cause your own household to rebel against you. I will give your wives to another man before your eyes, and, I will, and he will go to bed with him in public view. You did it secretly, but I will make this happen to you openly in the sight of all Israel. Then David confessed to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, yes, but the Lord has forgiven you underline that, forgiven you, because that's something we always need to come back to. Maybe you're in this place thinking that you've committed some of the most egregious mistakes out there. There's still opportunity for forgiveness. Forgiven you, and you won't die for this sin. Nevertheless, because you have shown utter contempt for the word of the Lord by doing this, your child will die. Today, I want to talk to you about navigating confrontation and the healthy way to navigate that confrontation. It begins here. We need to care before we confront. Care before we confront. Now we see this. First, we have this individual by the name of Nathan, a prophet of the Lord. Often, God would use prophets to go and have encounters speak on his behalf. And they would address powerful people. They would address generals. They would address leaders of the Israelite, Israelite nation. So we see Nathan. Nathan cared so much about what God was speaking into his life, serving God, living according to God's plan for his life that he was willing to confront. I want us to understand, God doesn't want to leave things unresolved. Oftentimes we want to kind of to, to package things up and say, hey, I don't want to necessarily address it. What God is saying, no, we care, so therefore we confront. We care, therefore I'm going to have a hard conversation. We care, we love the people around us, therefore we're going to wade into uncomfortable areas. 
You might be thinking right now, well, I'm introverted. I, I can't do that. No, 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 no. It's not about thinking we can't because of our personality or internal makeup. What it's saying is, hey, I care. I love that person. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to step out and I'm going to confront because the situation needs to be resolved. So we have to understand that the first part of confrontation is caring. You have to care and love just the way God commands us to treat one another. When Jesus speaks, love yourself and love your neighbor as yourself. Oftentimes we get this backwards and we say, hey, I just want to confront, but we're not really leading with the care for that individual. 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 1, it just starts, so the Lord sent Nathan the prophet to tell David this story. The Lord sent. And in other words, whenever Nathan is commissioned to go, he wants to please God. If there's confrontation looming and you're not confronting that, what you're saying is ultimately, God, I don't care about who you created. Understand that, that it matters to the individuals. It matters to the way we live. It matters to our worship with God, our ability to confront individuals. And it starts in a position and a posture of caring for people, the way God has cared for us. Matthew 17, we see Jesus had moments when he would address some things with his disciples. He talks to them at this one point in Matthew 17 about their faith, and he comes down from the, the uh, um, he comes down from the mount and and he looks at his disciples, they were unable to heal this demon-possessed boy, and he confronts them, and he says, you don't have enough faith. Jesus cared for his disciples, cared for their makeup, therefore he confronted when they missed the mark at times. We also see when it comes to Nathan and, and, and David, he was loyal to David. Nathan was willing to confront, but he still cared for David. So there comes another point in 1 Kings uh, 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 chapter 1 where David is laying on his deathbed. The story has has progressed on, and David's frail and he's weak, and his son is going to go lead a rebellion, wants to anoint himself the next king. Nathan comes onto the scene, this prophet who was loyal and remained loyal to David, even despite the confrontation. He cared for David. So he addressed the situation and goes to Bathsheba and says, hey, this is what you need to do. You need to tell David and gives him a plan so that they can navigate this rebellion that is stewing when David is frail and he's weak on his deathbed. See, we need to care before we confront. We also see Jesus, he doesn't just stop with his disciples and he speaks into their faith. Jesus also talks to them and he warns them when he goes into the garden to pray. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 40, then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even for one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give into temptation for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Jesus always confronted the people around him in his life. Why? Not because he wanted to be the guy that was right, Not because he wanted to be the guy to have his voice heard, because he genuinely cared for those people. So we have to come back to this. If there's a situation happening in your life and your relationship might be strained, frayed, boss, maybe a peer, maybe a neighbor, 
because they're, they're, they're mowing the grass crooked next to your pristine grass and you need to talk to them a little bit. You know, we care about people, therefore we confront people. See, what's unique in scripture, it never says, well, if you feel like it, then go do it. Or maybe if you're strong enough and able enough and capable enough, then go do it. No, scripture gives us some very clear directives. Go do it. It's not based on how we feel. It's not based on those moments where we feel like, hey, we should just have it all figured out and then I'll go. No, it's I care about people around me. And if there's an unresolved issue, then guess what? The proper thing for me to do is go and confront that issue. That's what it takes to have a real, authentic, genuine relationship. And we lead there. Secondly, when it comes to handling confrontation healthily, we need to meet together ASAP. I also put in parentheses right there, if you didn't know what ASAP is, it means as soon as possible. See, we have to ask ourselves when it comes to some of these components, is my personal comfort stopping me from confronting conflict? You know, a lot of times we get stuck and we say, hey, my, my personal comfort, I, just, I don't want to engage in some of the issues because right now I'm, I'm okay. Like, I, 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 I want to be liked. I don't want my peers or maybe my coworkers to think differently of me. So, so what we do, we kind of push it down the road. Oh, maybe, maybe they will handle it. Maybe they can deal with it. And what, we, what happens is we, we kind of say, oh, we just kind of keep, keeps it going and we don't address it. And then what happens, right, in our minds? The narrative starts to grow. We start thinking like, oh boy, like, they, they, you know, like a day or three go by and then, and then seven, a week goes by and then a month goes by. Oh, they really don't like me. Or then we start to fester and feast and we say, like, you know what, that situation's messed up. And then the situation gets so ballooned in our head that, you know, that one little mishap that could have been handled by an apology or a, a certain uh, maybe address of that situation could have been resolved but it went unchecked, untapped, and therefore it ballooned and becomes something that's very burdensome. See, we have to uh, handle it and, and not wait on it. Part of that means we need to take responsibility when it comes to that. Matthew chapter 5, verse 23, verse 24 says this, so if you are presenting a sacrifice to the altar in the temple, Jesus is saying this, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you. Leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Understand that. Look at the value Jesus emphasizes on relationships and confrontation. He's saying, leave what's valuable and go find somebody that's more valuable. Understand that. You will put a lid on your relationship with God, your worship, the way he can work and bless your life if you have unresolved conflict and you're not willing to immediately step on and say, hey, I need to go handle that. 
I think a lot of times we look at every other area in our life when it comes to our worship with God. Oh, am I attending church enough? Am I giving enough? Is my family coming enough? Are we involved enough? Are we active enough? But then what we kind of forget about is a little bit of our relationships. I'm like, man, I had some confrontation that I'm not dealing with. We have some issues and some disputes going on. And you don't really want to handle that or address that. And really what you're doing is saying, hey, God, like you're not going to necessarily work as you can according to scripture if this confrontational isn't handled directly. So as your pastor, this is what I want. This is what I pray for our church weekly and daily. I want God to unleash his blessings, his anointing on your life in a way that impacts your workspace, your retirement communities, your neighborhoods, your schools, the people around you. And God won't do that if there's some things that we have left unchecked. Jesus says that. So we have to take that responsibility. And then we have to be willing to speak up. We have to be willing to speak up. In Matthew 18, verse 15, we see this. If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out that offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. This is what I've come to understand when it comes to conflict. You know, a lot of times when it comes to situations such as conflict and issues, a lot of people don't even know that they've offended us, that they hurt our feelings. You know, a lot of times there's, there's a situation that happened Maybe someone said something off the cuff. Maybe said someone addressed something and, and maybe somebody did something. They don't even know they hurt you. It's not necessarily someone else's thinking or someone else's responsibility to think, hey, am I going to hurt you today, Joe? Hey, I got to think, did, did I hurt this person, Bob? Hey, did I hurt Sally? No one can't think all those different perspectives. See, sometimes it takes us an opportunity to say, I need to speak up because that person's just continuing on with our relationship, but in truth, they don't even know that they hurt me with what they said. You know, that's challenging. That pushes us into a sphere, into a realm that maybe for a lot of us is very uncomfortable. It is. No one wants to say, hey, I want to lead in with confrontation. But navigating confrontation healthy is what, is what we're asked to do as people who follow Jesus. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 5, David was furious. As surely as the Lord lives, he vowed, any man who would do such a thing deserves to die. He must repay four lambs to the poor man and the one who stole for having no pity. And then in verse 7, then Nathan said to David, you are that man. Nathan, speaking up to the king, the most powerful individual in the land. We have to take that responsibility when it comes to, when it comes to confronting. Thirdly, we also have to see, we have to seek understanding, maybe not necessarily agreement. Now, I'll say out there, there's moments when you need to confront, but perspectives, two people will be on different sides of the fence. And there's no beating around the bush. There's no saying, hey, we're just going to get through it. We're just going to have it all figured out. There are just differences that are going to happen. If you see the political climate right now, hey, 
there's things that people are just not going to agree on. But you have to seek to say, hey, I'm going to understand. They're going to think that way. I'm going to be over here, and I'm going to think this way. I love what the great president Abraham Lincoln once said. He said this, when I'm getting ready to reason with a man, I spend one-third the time thinking about myself and what I'm going to say, and two-thirds the time thinking about him and what he's going to say. See, the point is what he's trying to, we, we need to understand the parties at hand, the people who maybe we need to confront, the relationships maybe we need to address. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 8 and 9, I gave your master's house and his wives, his kingdom, I gave you your master's house and his wives and the kingdoms of Israel and Judah. And if that had not been enough, I would have given you much, much more. Why then have you despised the word of the Lord and done this horrible deed? For you have murdered Uriah the Hittite with the sword of the Ammonites and stolen his wife. See, Nathan showed up to the king not saying, hey, David, you're going to agree. Or, hey, this is how it's going to be. David came, or Nathan came in and said, I'm going to outline the issue. And I want you to understand the issue. I want you to understand that you committed grievous sin against God. I want you to understand that you murdered. I want you to understand that you lied, that you committed adultery. I want you to understand those things. David had a great response. David says, I did sin. I did mess up. How many of us know that sometimes there's moments where we confront people, where we speak up, we get out of our comfort zone? And we address some issues because we care and we love and, and we meet with them ASAP, but people don't always respond the way we want them to respond, right? People don't always uh, maybe, maybe agree in the way we want them to agree. I think that's why we see so much hostility in our climate right now, in our culture right now. We want people to agree with us. Church, right now, the world is not going to agree with the good news of the gospel of Jesus. They're just not. So how do we confront some of those issues? How do we navigate relationships at work? We have to seek to not be in agreement, but just understand who you might be engaging with, who you might be having a conversation with. And rather than getting mad or causing harm and conflict in that relationship, you take a step back and say, hey, that's how you feel. So to be willing and aware to know that it's not about agreement, but it's about understanding. And sometimes you just have to leave it there. Because not everybody's going to think the way Blake thinks. Not, everything's, not everybody's going to think the way you think. And there's going to be moments where the tension's going to be there, and either we can make that tension a problem or we can take a step back. And then lastly, we also see when it comes to healthy navigating confrontation, we need to agree on steps forward. Agree on steps forward. Now, I 100% believe in this. Many of our relationships, many of our relationships, there's only a fraction that can't be resolved. In fact, I would say this, people don't love confrontation, but they love resolution. People love when 
the air is cleared up and there's there's no more hostility in the room there's no more questions there's no more like what ifs there's there's like hey I'm glad you addressed that with me there's been moments where I've said some things I've done some things I've made some mistakes and I didn't know that I've harmed people I didn't know that I hurt someone's feelings I didn't know that you know I stepped into a territory that was unwarranted and unwanted I don't know, have you ever made a mistake where you hurt someone? But then that person comes, and they address you, and maybe you're just unaware of it, but they come and they talk to you. In that moment, that relationship, when the confrontation occurs, that relationship seems like it just built a better foundation. There's been moments between my wife and I, my parents, and, and, and different friends of my life where I'm like, man, I am glad you came and talked to me because I definitely dropped the ball. In 2 Samuel chapter 12 and 11, this is what the Lord says. Because of what you have done, I will cause your own household to rebel against you. I will give your wives to another man before your eyes and he will go to bed with him in public view. You did it secretly, but I will make this happen openly in the sight of all of Israel. And then verse 13, then David confessed to Nathan, and this is an important line, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, yes, but the Lord has forgiven you, and you won't die from this sin. Now when you go on and you read the rest of the story, David goes through some really hard and tragic times. He actually loses a son out of this situation. He fasts, he pleads. So as scripture says, a lot of times that when we make these mistakes, when we go through something, I just want to touch on this just for a moment, is that there's consequences to our mistakes. But doesn't mean that those mistakes can't be confronted our relationships doesn't mean that there might be a big mistake there might be consequence there doesn't mean it doesn't go without confrontation because at the end of it through and through there's this parallel between David and us see David made a mistake how many of us have made mistakes how many of us have been lost how many of us have are, are thankful for our redeeming work of Jesus on the cross See, Jesus came down this earth, earth to confront us. See, Jesus confronted us, but he gave a step forward. Jesus says, hey, you've, there's been some mistakes, but I'm here, I'm present, I'm, I'm real, and I want to have a relationship with you because it's through Jesus that our confrontation can, that it's through Jesus' confrontation with us that the conflict can be resolved. Ephesians chapter 2, Paul puts it this way, God saved you by his grace when you believed, when that means when we believed in Jesus. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. See, I'm grateful that God wanted to confront Blake. I'm grateful that God took the responsibility, that he spoke up, that there's some things that I needed to resolve and that he confronted me so then I could be made new. 
See, when Jesus dies on the cross for each and every one of us, he comes and he confronts us. And he says, there might be some issues going on, but I'm here to confront you. You might be struggling with some, some addiction, but I'm here to confront you. You might be struggling in your relationships, but I'm here to confront you. You might be doing some things that are, are questionable, but I'm here to confront you. So my hope for you today is this. The way Jesus confronts us, we live that out and we confront those scenarios, those relationships that need confrontation, but we do it in a healthy way. Because this, we are people who confront because we care. Like we care for our coworkers, we care for the lost, we care for those with different opinions than us. But we confront, we, can, we care, but we do it in a way in such a way that Jesus did it for us. So I'm gonna leave you with two questions today. The first one is this, is God confronting you? Is God confronting you? Maybe right now you're, you're thinking, hey, there's such turmoil and some mishaps in your relationships and you're struggling with some things. It begins with a relationship with God through his son, Jesus. That Jesus goes to the cross, he dies for each and every one of us. He atones for our sins. God raises him three days later. When you believe this, you are saved. Paul wrote it. When you believe that you're saved by God's grace, that's the starting point, is understanding just how God confronted us. But maybe you're in here and you're like, hey, I, I know God's confronted me. I have a relationship with him and I'm thankful for that. But maybe it's the second question. Is there conflict you haven't confronted in your life? Maybe there's a scenario with someone that's just kind of festered and loomed. Maybe you need to have that conversation. Maybe you need to have that, that hangout time. Maybe you need to speak up, take responsibility because why you care for who God created. And maybe rather than waiting, you say, hey, I need to do it now. And you agree, hey, this is how we're gonna move and navigate in the days and the steps ahead. So church, in this moment, when we're asking God to just reveal to us some of the issues that we have going on in life, when we ask God to, to maybe speak to us, when we ask God, our relationships matter. When we're asking God to confront some serious things, we're saying, hey God, I need you right now to lead me and to pull me in the direction that you want me to go. But it starts when we understand that, hey, there's things that we've handled. There's issues we've handled. There's confrontation that we've had. So when we were talking about this relationship series, we couldn't talk about relationships without conflict. And so my hope for you today is no matter where you're at, whatever you're going through, is that you take a bold step and say, God, I'll do what you've called me to do because I care for who you've created. So I'm gonna invite you if you'll pray with me this morning. But right now we give you this time, we worship you. Today we celebrate those making a declaration because you confronted them and their relationship with you, Lord, as they go public with their uh, uh, faith being baptized second service. Lord, we pray for those right now who are curious on what it means to follow you. Lord, we pray that your spirit just pours out, that you confront them in a way that they will receive, that they will hear, that they will acknowledge, that their lives will be ultimately flipped upside down. 
And Lord, maybe there's some of us in this place right now who have some conflicts doing, but we're just not confronting that. Lord, Lord, I pray that you just have a boldness, that you just give us a boldness, that you just empower us, embolden us to do what is according to your word and what you've called us to do. We give you today, call on your name, and in your great and holy name we all say, amen. I'm going to invite our prayer team down. I'm going to ask us to stand. We're going to close out in a song. And maybe right now that first step when it comes to confrontation is you need someone to pray with you, to to stand with you. I want to invite you. Seek prayer. Don't hold back. Maybe you're in here right now and saying, I just need God all you have in store for me. Let's take a moment and let's just respond to how God's moved this morning. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.